The following is a hoop bowl presentation. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Hoopball Celtics podcast presented by Hoopball. I am your host today, Patrick Lounsbury. With me, I have Lucas Gaynor, and then we also have a very special guest, superstar himself, U.S. Press Wizard beat right reporter Wayne Cole, man. Thank you for joining me and Lucas today, man. How are you doing? First off, thank y'all for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I'm feeling good. I always feel good at the win, but I, I really feel more happy that you know y'all extended the invite for me to come on your show man absolutely man we appreciate it a lot uh you know it wasn't the the result me and lucas probably wanted but you know we ended up uh the Celtics ended up dropping the game to the wizards 116 and a 107 loss overall um before we get into the game of breaking it down make sure you follow us on twitter at hoopball celtics you can also follow me on twitter at ball and opinions you can also follow lucas at go ahead lucas Luca underscore Gainer. That's L U C A underscore G O Y N O R. And Wayne, where can they find you if they want to go see you on Twitter? Uh, they can follow me at K I N G underscore O T A Y. And listen, go follow my guy um, Wayne because you know we'll be playing the Wizards not only again on Saturday, but throughout the season. So uh, make sure you go check it out when you want to tap in to see what the Wizards are on, man, because it's always good to stand forward with other teams, man. No, absolutely, man. It was it was quite the game, man. We need you guys to go support Wayne. Wayne's a great, great person. Um, gives you great content. Honestly, he's been me and Lucas have known him for a while now, and just honored to even let him to come on to our show. It was a great honor to have him here, and we're just gonna break down the game with him, man. We're excited to to go through it and uh, and pick down some of the things. So we'll jump off right away in that first quarter, man. Um, I I love the play that the Celtics ran, and they got the Rob Williams lob. Very first possession out the gate uh, was a, a back screen down the paint, left it wide open. Marcus Smart hit it with the uh, alley oop, and it looked like we were off to a, a very rocking start. Yeah, no, honestly, man, the first half of that first quarter, our offense was looking really, really good. Um, you know, our defense was looking pretty good too, but you know, the Wizards were staying in there. Um, but you know, at a certain point, I think when the Celtics had got to sixteen points. Um, you know, the offense kind of sputtered. We couldn't get really easy shots. You know, the, the Wizards started clamping up a little bit and, uh, and stretched out a little bit of lead at the end of that first quarter. Yeah, and I also wanted um, to see the impact of Montrez Harrell for the Wizards has just been insane. He he was an absolute beast tonight. He, uh, he started off this game in that first quarter just being a problem. They're big men in general. Uh, not having Thomas Bryant, Wayne, what do you think has really fueled the rest of this big men rotation, the Wizards, to play with such pace and energy? It kind of, it starts with him. I've, no, I've seen him in practice a couple of times now, and his energy is inf- uh, really infectious. He he kind of went on Twitter after that Brooklyn game and said it kind of started with him. And I, I think that's true. The energy kind of starts and ends with Trez, uh, especially with the injury to Gafford. Yeah. Um, he was just everywhere. Loose balls, uh, the boards had a had a nice block. Um, we really feed off his energy. I think that's that's what I was worried about with losing Westbrook. That was our, our energy guy, but we replaced him. Um, and he, uh, Trez picked that right off. So, that's the one thing I've been thankful for 
Uh, he's been a steadying kind of voice off that bench and, and when he's on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I love Trez when he played at Louisville and what Wayne is talking about. He was always evident, man. He was this, his energy was so infectious, like you're saying, like, you know, just yelling, talking on defense, you know, making sure everybody's engaged. And that was pretty evident tonight. Also, I don't think it hurt starting in the game shooting 10 for 11, I believe he did to start the game. Uh, you know, the Celtics are giving a lot of free paint touches because we were switching everything one through five. Um, once the Celtics, you know, started only switching one through four, I think we started limiting what Trez could do. But, man, he ate us up for the first three and a half quarters tonight. Yeah, man, it took a while for us to adjust to Montrez, uh, Harold. But also another thing to Montrez is, like, people forget this last year with the Clippers, that he won six man of the year. He, he can go out there and torch you if you don't respect his game. And it, tonight it was just the Celtics weren't weren't playing well enough against them. They just were not respecting it. They weren't playing aggressive enough on them. And Montrell's made, made us pay, and he was a big contributor, especially on a night where Bradley Beal was struggling from the field. Also didn't help that the Celtics in that first quarter shot only 33% from the field, had three turnovers and zero bench points. So just an ugly ugly start after, you know, some promising first six minutes and then they just kind of went flat. You know, that's the thing that we've been talking about Lucas is that the Celtics team can't seem to like consistently play all the minutes very well. It's like bits and spurts, bits and spurts. And it's like inconsistencies like that, man, puts you in position to lose games. Um, yeah, totally. Like you said, I think we adjusted a little bit too late to Trez inside the paint. Um, you know, he's a very capable offensive player. And I think the funny thing is, bro, the easiest bucket he could have had all night was, I think, I believe it was in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. Somebody hit him on a roll pass. He was ready to, you know, kind of throw that thing to the side before he dunked it down and slipped right out of his hand. So it was funny to see Trez was making all the hard shots, man, but that one easy one evaded him. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, I think you got too excited. <laughs> yeah, no, but the Wizards, I do think that the Wizards' depth, man, and I'm sure Wayne can speak to this. The Wizards' depth this year really, really, uh, you know, makes them a much more dangerous team because, like you mentioned, Beal shot, you know, really poorly, something like six for 25, seven for 25. Um, so to have enough players on the team to, you know, pick up that scoring, uh, Wayne, you know, what do you think your additions of Dinwiddie, guys like, you know, maybe unsung guys like Aaron Holiday, uh, you know, how does that feel to have, you know, a team that's really like nine, ten men deep? Mm-hmm. Man, that feels good because, as y'all know, last year, once Brad and, and Russ went to the bench, it, it was really like it wasn't that deep. Or scoring was, you know, came really uh, sporadically. So to know that uh, when one guy goes in and another guy comes out, you, you still have that scoring punch, uh, especially additions of like K, KCP, Kuzma, and Trez. These guys are champions. So, you know, they, they bring a, a, a different type of experience level. Um, Aaron Holiday, he's been a constant – Dinwiddie, before the injury, he was a baller. And uh, I watched his workouts over the summer, and he, and he looked like he didn't lose a step. So it, it's it's refreshing to know that when guys go to the bench and you have guys coming back on, it's almost like a hockey substitution. Like, we can feel confident knowing that we still have some scoring punches. And uh, I think that's, has, that's the thing that we're noticing so far. And still, no Roy. So... And uh, we hope he comes back, you know. But it's it's a deep team. That's crazy, Wayne. It's a lot to be excited for in D.C. Yeah, bro, I didn't even really think about that. No Rui and no Thomas Bryant. Mm-hmm. And you lose Gafford early in the game, man. Prayers to Gafford. I hope he's all good. They said it was a right thigh contusion. 
Um, I was a little scared when he was on the ground, on the ground man grabbing his leg. So I think he's going to be better than it looked. He's getting an MRI tonight, actually, in Boston. That's- so uh, he's not going to be flying back with the team. He'll probably be on a flight tomorrow. So yeah. um, he's going to be in Boston getting an MRI. Hopefully done. we get that update because, man, I love Gafford. The energy he plays with Wayne, you know, him and, uh, like you said, him and Trez really making up for the absence of Brian, man, with their energy. So hopefully he's all good. But, you know, I do want to say, Wayne, I how do you feel about Denny? Because, bro, I love watching Denny play, and I really think he's got – you know, a pretty high ceiling as a player, man. And a guy his size who can move, shoot, and, you know, pass like he can. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still high on Denny. I was talking to a couple of draft experts when we picked him, and they said, you know, he, he can go. Remember, nothing happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just his second year. Got to be patient. Um, even Coach alluded to when he get – if he can get comfortable and, you know, just trust in his shot, uh, the sky's the limit for Denny. So I'm excited uh, – you know, for him to take that next step and just just continue to improve. Yeah. You know, we don't have to gotta crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. But um he he's showing some good promise. So I, I'm I'm pretty high on Denny. Uh, he gave you guys some great minutes tonight. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then the, you know, we were talking about that first quarter ending out with Celtics did not end well. They actually went into that second quarter and that's when the I felt the Wizards like really turned it on and the Celtics didn't didn't turn anything on. And next thing you know that Wizards had like a 7-0 run to start up at that second quarter. It ended up being a 25-7 to run that went all the way back to that first quarter, and they really created that separation. Boston was just making just everything wrong, was not making any shot that they got open, just weren't playing with any effort, and the Wizards were really doing all the work and, and getting inside easily there. Um, I thought, you know, Schroeder was, was the one that kind of brought – the Celtics back into earth in that second quarter. He's the one with the, he had that, that moment where he had a three, he stole it. And then he had a big assist to Al Horford um, ended up putting the, the Celtics back into the right direction, even though they were down big. Um, so shout outs to Dennis Schroeder coming out tonight and finally stepping up. He's really been solid for the Celtics. And uh, I was talking with Lucas a little bit earlier as, uh, and some other people who are in the Celtics community that, like, I feel like Dennis, the way he's playing with the way Smart's playing, like, he's kind of pushing to be like, hey, maybe I should be getting that starting role. I know it's early in the season, but, like, there might be at some point, if it, it continues the trend that we're going down, like, Dennis has done everything to earn a starting role. Yeah, no, Dennis has been great, man. I know there were some Celtics fans who were really kind of down on him. You know, it's, A, I don't think we should be down on anybody after three games. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it takes people time to figure out, you know, how to get in their groove. And B, I don't think he played bad at all. I think he played well. You know, maybe his jump shot wasn't great, but tonight he was four or six from three. Uh, he was making a lot of wonderful passes. I think it's very evident him and Al have that uh, Atlanta connection. Um, man, they really play well together. I really like them together. But, yeah, Dennis kept us afloat for a lot in this game. Um yeah, he was kind of killing. He was killing the Wizards. I know he blew by, um, you know, Bertans one time. You know, he was really working. He was really working those mismatches to get easy shots and easy baskets for other people. Yeah, and Wayne, what did you think of uh, Dennis Schroeder coming out? What do you think he did? Was able to penetrate the the Wizards' defense and and get the looks that he wanted? Uh, what do you What did you see from the Wizards that made it hard for them to guard him tonight? Man, he he honestly he got what he wanted. He he got to his spots. I mean, this is this is the second night we've kind of been burnt off the bench. First was Patty Mills. Um, Dennis, credit him. He he kept the Celtics, I think, in the game in that first half. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up and he had a quick 15. And then, you know, our uh, announcer kind of alluded to, you know, he, he took a gamble on himself with the, with the deal he's on. But I think to Patrick's point, he, he's playing himself into a starting role from, from what I've noticed in the box score and just the, the couple of highlights I've seen um, and read about you guys. He, he's playing a hell of a game. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Schroeder, he got to his spots and he's, he's hustling. He's doing, he, he, you know, it was, it was real scrappy. Uh, so just credit to Schroeder, man. He, he did his thing. Yeah. Um, I agree, Patrick. You know, Dennis is definitely making it a conversation to see who's going to be the starting point guard. Um, because you got, you, Patrick, you, man, Wayne, you both know me. I'm as big as a Marcus Smart guy as there is. I, you know, I love what he brings to the team. But the fact of the matter is Dennis is just playing better than Marcus right now. Um, you know, I would say on offense, you know, and he's playing, you know, pretty damn good defense. You know, it's hard to replicate what Marcus Smart can do, but he's playing pretty damn good in defense himself. So I definitely think Dennis is making it a conversation for sure. Yeah. And then there was another boost off the bench in that second quarter that I thought almost went under the radar. I didn't, I feel like people aren't talking about it as much. You know, it's been, you know, shortly after the game, we're covering this, but uh, I'm not seeing the flowers that, that is deserving for a guy who only played nine minutes, but he Jabari. played a solid nine minutes and it was Jabari Parker, Jabari Parker, man. He's his legs, man. It, it's like, he got like this, this fountain of youth and just put it on his bad knees. And all of a sudden he's able to like, he's cutting all the time. I think it's like the third time I've seen him cut um, down baseline and, and get the, get the pass and finish with a two handed dunk. And I'm just like, man, Jabari Parker, what a comeback story for him. I just wanted to shout him out in general, um, really fighting to get back into the league. He's just, he said before the game that he's just grateful for the opportunity to be an NBA player still. Like he's just grateful to be in the league. A guy who's very humble, uh, understands where he's been, where he's gone through and where he's at now. Totally, totally just shouting out uh, Jabari Parker, man. Uh, kudos to him. I think he came out, played well. He's earned some minutes. I, I know what ended up happening was they started switching. And they try to get him in these ISOs. And as soon as Ime saw that, we didn't see any more of Jabari Parker. He didn't want to be exposed on a one-on-one. But, man, Jabari was special in that in that ending of that second quarter. Yeah, you know, I got to shout out Jabari, man. Um, I met him one time at a Chicago Sky game. Basically told him that I believed in him, dog. And then, you know, we look six months, eight months, a year later, he's on the Celtics, man, and he's killing it. So, you know, he was a really nice guy when I chopped it up with him for those couple minutes. Uh and, you know, it's really great to see him killing, man, when he's out there, dog. Like, three of three, uh, you can't ask for more than that. I just also want to mention, you know, I know we're talking about Marcus Smart having a bad game, and I know single game plus minus don't really mean anything, but Marcus Smart was the only player in in a positive tonight for the Celtics, and I just think that's kind of funny. <laughs> Typical Marcus Smart, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy to see Marcus Smart just – uh yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was gonna get going. If you saw me on Twitter, I, I tweeted as soon as he hit that first three he took in that game, and he swished it. I was like, "Yes, this is it. This is that that shot that gets him going offensively, and he makes everybody just shut up about the last few games of his shooting woes." And then his shooting woes continued, and I was like, "Man!" And then we had that scary situation between uh, Jalen Brown and Gafford when they collided. Both of them what ended up happening. Uh, Jalen Brown's knee went right into the top part of Gafford's knee. Uh, Jalen Brown took a minute. He was walking, um, limping away, uh, but was able to stay in the game. But Gafford needed assistance to get to the sideline where he was taken back to the locker room and was questionable to return with a, with a thigh contusion 
ended up being ruled out of the game. And as we spoke earlier, um, he is getting an MRI in Boston. How significant is that of a hit to the Wizards uh, if Gafford misses any time, Wayne? Man, that's big. He he controls the paint. Uh, I was telling people he reminds me of uh, like DeAndre back at, uh with the Clippers. It's just and he's a lob threat. He alters shots. Um, he, you know, he just signed the deal. Uh, I starting I starting center. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, I mean, my heart sank when I saw that. You know, he's an integral part of what we're trying to you know implement here with the Wizards. So I'm just praying everything comes back clean. And you know, he can come back healthy. Uh, glad to see you know Jalen was able to walk off. So just hope uh, everything goes well with this MRI and we get some good news. Yeah, hopefully as well, man. I hope we're hearing some good news, man. Hopefully it's just you know a really bad Charlie horse. I hope uh, you know I hope Gafford's back out there in no time, man, because he's a player I like to watch, man. He plays with a lot of energy. You know, I didn't really get Chicago giving up on him, man. You know, I know you guys had to swap uh, Troy Brown for him, but I think Gafford is a really good addition for you guys. So, uh, yeah, I hope he's all right, man. Yeah, prayers out to Gafford, man. We we'll hope he gets a speedy recovery and gets back on the court for the Wizards as soon as possible. Um, another thing going through that second quarter, Tatum Tatum got frustrated in that second quarter. The, the Wizards bothered him a lot. They were physical with him. He wasn't getting the calls. Uh, I will say this, like, I, I'm not a guy who likes to bash the refs. I don't like blaming any games on the refs or anything like that. But sometimes watching Tatum, it, it, it gets frustrating at times watching, not like not watching him complain a lot, but he ends up getting the technical foul. But it's also sometimes I'm like, well, he did get hit, you know, and there's times where he did get pushed. And it's like, you got to be more consistent on that side. I just don't know what Tatum needs to do more to get the calls because I thought in this game, he did a good job despite shooting one of eight from downtown. I felt like he was selective when he shot the three. Like he wasn't just shooting three, shooting three, shooting threes, trying to shoot himself out of a slump. He would shoot a three missed and then take like two or three drives and then try to shoot again. Like he was very good with his shot selection. His shots just went dropping from the distance. And it seemed like when he was going to the paint, he ended up getting frustrated and he ended up getting a, this is the second time he's got a tech this season five games into the season at the 45 second mark of that second quarter. Yeah, no, I agree, man. His shot selection was much better tonight. He was very aggressive attacking the hoop. Um, you know, I do think the Wizards played pretty solid defense all around tonight, though. Uh, they didn't really have too many lapses, honestly. Uh, didn't give us too many easy shots. You know, a lot of those three-pointers you're talking about, Patrick, you know, they weren't bad shots, but they were contested, man. They were there. They were sitting on that step back. Uh, you know, Tatum made a couple, but, uh, you know, they, they really forced him into tough shots. But I did like Tatum's aggressiveness, you know, his willingness to try and get to the hoop as opposed to, you know, just shoot his way out of a slump. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we went right into halftime. Wizards ended up having a 10-point lead at half. Um, the the score there, 62-52. Schroeder was 52, uh, 15 points on three of four from deep. Horford was great in that first half. He had nine points, seven rebounds, four assists. But the Jays, man, the Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, Wizards were, were able to hold them to four of 18 from the field and a total of 10 points from both combined. That's insane. You know, 10 points from your best players. The fact that we were only down 10 points was insane to me, but uh, it was mainly because Dennis Schroeder and Al Horford were were good enough in that first half. Yeah. I, if I could jump in real quick, even pregame, you know, someone that asked coach, like, how do you stop basically uh, Tatum and Brown? Like, it's going to be hard. You know, their dynamic scores. 
But man, that I think that really was so shocking to me that going into uh halftime combined, even with with smart, they were five for twenty-three. So I don't know if it was an off night, it was the defense we were doing, but that's rare that you know both your guys are having an off night. But um I, I doubt that it happened again. But that was just one of those I get one of those nights. Cause I, I still wasn't shocked that uh that was the case. Um especially going into halftime, man. Yeah. No, folks, so A, Wayne, feel free to jump in whenever, bro. Don't just feel free to jump in. And and B, I think it was an off night a little bit, but I gotta give the the Wizards credit, man. Like I said, you guys didn't there were no easy shots really tonight. Like even the makes, man. The Wizards were contesting everything. So I was saying to you before we started recording, man, I really like which how your how your coach has the team playing, man. You guys are playing good defense. Um, you know, to the best of your teams, to the personnel's ability. Um, you know, you guys might not have like, you know, a bunch of lockdown defenders, but you guys are, you know, really busting your butt on that side. And this did not feel like the Wizards of old. You know what I mean? This does not feel like the Wizards that we could hang 130 on in our sleep. You know what I mean? No offense. I mean, come on, Wayne, you know they're def- no, I, no, I'm with you. Yeah. You, you guys playing, you guys just playing defense at a little bit of a different intensity, a different a different pace. So, man, I really, I, I got to give you guys some credit for that. You know, it might have been off night shooting, but no doubt the defense factored in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the Wizards were really good in that first half. Harrell had 17 points. Bill had 13 points. And Kyle Kuzma had 10 points. Kyle Kuzma had the same amount of points in the first half as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined. And that's just a recipe for the Celtics not to be in that's the direction that they want to be. That's yeah. not ideal. That means, you know, you're definitely not in the right direction. The crazy part, though, is like Boston shot 42% from the field in the first half. That's not bad. 38% from deep. Not bad. 19 rebounds compared to the Wizards, 28. That's that's not good, you know, when they're getting nine more rebounds than you. We had 14 assists. That's great. 14 assists was amazing. Um, had six turnovers. That's a lot better than we've seen earlier in the season, but still not ideal. We want to get that number probably around four or five at, in the first half, ideally. And then uh, they only had 24 points in the paint where the Wizards were eating. They ate in the paint. They had 36 points, 12 more points in the paint. And – that's why the Wizards shot 51% in that first half. They only shot 28 from three, but they didn't. They weren't chucking up threes. They were getting to the paint. They were getting the easy buckets. They were getting the high percentage shots, and they got 28 rebounds. They were feasting inside. It was their their nights aren't going to defend the yeah. rim. We're going to take the easy shots. Yeah, and I really think it was because we're switching one through five. Um, it was allowing Trez to, you know, get mismatches and, you know, get, get slip into, you know, some areas open in the middle of the floor inside the paint uh, to just, you know, Feast, man. He was shooting 10 of 11 at one point. I mean, that's pretty unacceptable to let any player shoot 10 of 11, you know. Um, also, Patrick, I just want to say, man, this is kind of crazy. Uh, Peyton Pritchard was a DNP CD. Uh, do not play uh, coach's decision. I don't know if you saw anything pregame about why he might not have played. Or did I miss something? I, I didn't, uh, but also Aaron Neesmith joined him and didn't play. And it was weird because with um, Romeo being called out for this game, Mime made a made a quote about how Neesmith's energy or he needs to like slow down and everything like that, but he should have minutes there for him to get a chance. But those minutes were never there. So I was pretty confused on that part because he may almost hinted like Neesmith was going to get a chance, but then he also didn't play. So and it was a, a night where we were really struggling to get a shot. Like we needed shooters and we didn't have shooters tonight. So um, not not 100% sure what's going on there, but 
Neesmith seems to be in the doghouse for Ime, and I don't, you know, I don't know what exactly he did. I, I have this theory right now, you know, and it's based off absolutely just looking at last year Neesmith, and Neesmith did a, had a really hard time, and you pointed out, Lucas, you were frustrated with him in the first half of the season last year. You're like, man, why do we spend this draft pick on him? You know, all this. Like, he played terrible. He, he was well-deserving of the criticism, but it was because he didn't know the offense. It took him a while to learn the offense, right? Well, he got a new coach now, which means a new offensive system. I'm assuming maybe he's having trouble again with learning a new offense. Maybe that's just something he's not picking up as easily as a normal player does. Again, this is just like me making an assumption of a situation. I have no facts to back this up. I'm just assuming because at this point, nobody really knows outside of, you know, Ime's one quote of him saying he's just coming out with too much energy and stuff like that and just kind of too wild. But I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with these men. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to completely doubt uh, Ime yet. You know, it was a little weird to see Pritchard get a DNP CD along with Neesmith as well. But, uh, you know, um Yeah, I'm not just going to doubt his rotations yet because, um, you know, it's his, it's his only fifth game, uh, as a head coach in the NBA. So, you know, I'm not really going to grill him yet. Um, I'm interested to see what he does with the rotations. Uh, but it is a little weird to see, you know, two of our best three point shooters not play in a night where we could have used a three point. Yeah, especially from uh, a guy like Pritchard who led the team all last season in three-point percentage. So just kind of a weird situation there. And then uh, the third quarter was actually – was has kind of been our, like, worst quarter to this point. And all of a sudden we, we had a really good third quarter. Um, rest of the start that third quarter, just pushing the tempo, cutting at the, you know – end of the offensive floor, getting to the drives. And the Celtics started out with an 8-0 run. They ended up cutting the lead to three, ultimately resulting into the Wizards uh, needing a timeout. So just just kind of a crazy situation there by uh, the Celtics coming out with some energy, some punch, you know, and really just coming back with Patrick, the whole game just felt like a game of runs. Um, I know basketball is a game of runs, but it literally just felt like, we would take a run, you would take a run. We would take a run, then it was like, you know, kind of stagnant, and then run here, run there, run there. And at the end, uh, we just happened to just pull away. So I, I, that was that was my takeaway. They yeah. tweeted about it. Just, it just feels like this game is just – you. it's like y'all get an 8 or run, we get an 8 or run. And we go 12-0, then y'all might go 11-something. It's it just, it just like a ping pong. You know, it's funny you say that too, Wayne, because I just stated how the Celtics went on an 8-0 run to start that quarter. And I have in my notes here that uh, the Wizards responded with an 8-0 run themselves. So, yeah, it was definitely a game of runs. And you couldn't have said it any better, to be honest. Uh, I thought I thought the Wizards did a great job tonight of responding when the Celtics came back. Like, when the Celtics pushed back, the Wizards may have gave a little, but then they just responded, right? Like, the Celtics were never could never get over that hump of like securing a lead. Like we couldn't get to that lead and then hold it. We struggled. We get within three, we go down 10. We get within three, we go down six. Then we get within like tie and then we go back down. It was, it was a crazy, crazy back and forth battle throughout that third quarter. Yeah. And towards the end of the third quarter, um, you know, the Celtics were down 80, uh, I believe it was 80 to 72. Uh, Grant gets fouled, makes a couple free throws. Uh, Dennis gets a steal. 
Grant gets fouled again, makes another pair of free throws. Trez gets a bucket. Tatum gets that crazy Euro uh, through, you know, about three guys. He Euros three dudes in the paint, gets a finger roll. Hits a big step back. That was a beautiful finger roll. Yep, hits a big sidestep three to make it 84-83. And, Wayne, like you're saying, that was our run right there, man. And, you know, I was kind of feeling it right there. I was like, oh, let's go. I'm texting a you know, Wizards fan. I'm like, hey, they just said, uh-oh. You know, they kind of felt like it was a collapse coming. But 84-83 with a minute left in the third quarter, Spencer Dinwiddie hits an absolutely crowd-silencing three. Puts his finger up to his lips, telling the Boston crowd to be quiet, man. That was a a number of crowd silencing buckets Spencer hit tonight, man. I just want you to – I mean, I know you said you, you love what he gives you, but just talk about what Dinwiddie's brought to the team, uh, Wayne, because he kind of killed us tonight, man. He, man, he, he just brings another – a scoring threat. Like I said, um, you know, pre-injury, he was a, he was a killer, and – it's funny how we all met in a locker room. One of his trainers used locker room for an interview. And that's how I kind of was able to follow um, his, his, you know, journey during this off season. And I was saying, if we, if he comes back, even 90% of what he was, he, he he's a elite scorer. Uh, he can, you know, handle the ball. If, as he said, if Brad isn't on his game, he's like, look, I'm a, I'm, I'm the secondary guy. So I don't have to step up. And he just got hot. So that's just good to to have that other guy that is a, a threat and, you know, can stretch the defense because it'll give um, us a chance for, like, we're always in the ballgame. Like, tonight we got fortunate that even though Bill, maybe 6 for 25, 6 for 24, he was off, uh, then his scoring presence kind of negated that. So it's just good to have another guy that you can rely, rely on that can hit a, a clutch basket. And, and especially on the road in those type of situations. Oh yeah, and you know he's kind of a slender guy. People forget, man. He's six foot six. Uh, he really worked Dennis a couple times. You know, once he, he, you know, Dennis is bodying him as much as he can. But once Dinwiddie got, uh, um, uh, excuse me, Dennis inside, you know, there was really nothing Dennis can do because uh, 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 Schroeder can go. I mean, excuse me, Dinwiddie can go right over the top of him, man. So. Uh, you know, people forget, man, he's 6'6". He got some size to him, man. He's not just your regular old point guard, man. He's got... And also, he he said, he, you know, he wanted to come here. Like, he he wants to show that, you know, he has like a chip on his shoulder. Because I think people were like, oh, he was off an injury. He's not going to be the same. So, he has something to prove. And he's definitely proven so far, I think, from these first four games that uh, the signing is only going to pay dividends for us going forward. Yeah, man, Dinwiddie was a was a huge push for the the Wizards there, and and he kind of really stopped a, a big run because the Celtics ultimately ended that third quarter on a twenty two to eight run. That was like the push. That was the push back. Hey, we're getting back into things, and he he stopped that momentum. But I did want to to touch on Grant Williams, who I felt came into the game when we needed him, and he impacted right away. Like he was drawing fouls, he was being a pest. He was frustrating the Wizards. He frustrated Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had a play foul call on him in the post where, you know, he he actually hooked Grant Williams on the left side and pulled him down and then tried to be like, yo, man, he just, like, ran into me. Um, a funny quote from Keith Smith, uh, NBA Keith Smith on Twitter. A lot of people know who he is. Uh, 
he literally had a little tweet up about Grant Williams. Like, if Grant Williams didn't lose that weight in the summer, Bradley Beal might be dead today. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I was just like, oh, what a goat tweet, man. What a goat tweet. Because uh, everybody talks about Grant Williams losing 15 pounds in the summertime. So uh, that that was hilarious. Yeah, that, uh, but, man, you know, that play, dude, Beal looks like he kind of, like, you know, grabbed him. and But he Beal definitely ended up taking the worst of that, man. I cannot <laughs> – even with Grant losing that 15 pounds, bro, 250 pounds of muscle falling on top of you cannot feel good, dog. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> I think Beal may have regretted wrapping around on Grant Williams there. But uh, Grant Williams was a huge impact. I think he was a big part of that run, had a good opportunity. And Grant, overall, been great this season. I don't, I don't want to hear anybody slander Grant Williams on Celtics Twitter. I don't care if he comes out next game and shoots 0 for 7, man. The guy has been absolutely amazing. He's done a lot of good things. He's been in the right spots. He's hit clutch shots. He's defended relatively well. Not going to say he's been perfect because he hasn't, but none of these Celtics have been perfect through the first five games. And ultimately, Grant Grant Williams deserves some flowers, man. That's all I'm saying. And then going into that fourth quarter, man, the, the Celtics were trailing – 87 to 86. There's something wrong with the scoreboard or something though there for a hot minute. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but they gave the Celtics two points, imaginary points. They did, and it was messing with me because I'm like, oh shit, we're up 96, 95. I don't know. Did I miss something? But it was just the two extra points, bro. They were on there for like three minutes until they uh, until they took them off, bro. So that did that threw me. It threw me off, too, for my writing and everything. I don't know about you, Wayne, but it showed up on your side of things, but what you were yeah. thinking during that. But it looked like it gave us two points for, like, six minutes. Yeah, so I was like, uh, I noticed it, but I'm like, maybe I'm tripping. And then I tweeted, I was like, this doesn't sound right. But I was like, it's on the score, so I may have, like, maybe I'm wrong. But when they corrected, I was like, okay, I wasn't crazy. But that definitely, I've never seen that before. Um, that, was, that, was, that was trippy, man. It was everywhere, man. It was on like the Twitter scoreboard. It was on ESPN, Bleacher Report. Everywhere it had it wrong by like, two points. I was like, where did these two points come out? I was just like, man. But uh, going into that fourth quarter, Jalen Brown struggles just continued. He had a rough night, man. He it was it was not his night. He was just terrible. He, he kind of was playing like Jalen Brown like two three years ago, where he could just only drive in a straight line, lose the balls when he tried to handle it. There was just something off about him tonight and couldn't get anything going. Uh, he had a couple shots drop in that fourth quarter that were big, but ultimately it took too long for him to come along. Hold on. I'm answering Ben in the chat real quick. No worries, uh, but I'll, I'll continue as well. And then both teams were, were cooling off. They both kind of were struggling to be started that fourth quarter. Getting the offensive going, uh, Jalen Brown was a big part of. He was trying to get things because Jason Tatum sat for like the first like five minutes of the fourth quarter, and Jalen Brown couldn't get anything going during that time period. Yeah, bro. I mean, Jalen really did struggle here uh, down the stretch. I mean, he kind of showed up in the fourth quarter with a few big buckets, but honestly, bro, for the most part, I mean, Jalen was kind of invisible tonight. Honestly. Um, him as well as uh, you know, Jay Rich, man. I don't, I didn't see much from Jay Rich tonight, bro. He didn't even take a shot attempt. That's probably why. He didn't even touch the ball in offense. I don't think they never passed it to him. It he was got wild. one rebound, one assist, and one steal, man. Um, and you know, I kind of wanted to see Jay Rich uh, guarding, you know, Dinwiddie because, like I said, man, uh, he was having his way inside, but there was no way to bench Schroeder there. 
just how well he was playing overall, even with those buckets that he gave up. But um, yeah, man, no, I think the uh, down the stretch of this game, I mean, a lot of different people came up, came through for the Wizards, and uh, I think we needed a couple more people to come through for us. No, absolutely, um, and then also too, like down there stretch. Uh, Tatum was missing. He missed two free throws, man, at the four 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 mark. Uh, being down nine points, just crucial free throws. Not 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 like Tatum. I don't. I can't even recall the last time Tatum missed two consecutive free throws in a game. It was it was mind boggling to me to see that. And then uh, at the four hundred one mark, the Celtics were the whole team was pretty upset on what looked like a Horford strip and then a block. Um, just. Um, never see Al Horford lose his cool, but in that moment, Al Horford thought, there's no way. That was clean, and he was really upset. Unfortunately, Eme had used his ch- coach's challenge earlier in the game on a pretty obvious blocking call, but uh, Al Horford was pretty upset, and a lot of Celtics were upset that they thought they had a block there. Uh, Wayne, did you have any thoughts on that play where Al Horford uh, had the block and you guys got the call there? No, yeah, Wayne said it was clear foul. Um, he hit all, all four. <laughs> Man, I, I was just thankful y'all used y'all challenge uh, earlier, um, because that that could have been a momentum swing. Yeah, you know? yeah, it ended up being two free throws for yeah. Harrell, who knocked them both down there in a big moment. I even said it. He was our MVP of the game. Um, he he went on Twitter and basically said it starts with him. He backed his talk up, backed his game up, and. It was just, it was just a, a a wild game for just a number of reasons, man. Because who would have thought, um, he would have had the night he had, um, and then who would have thought, like you said, um, Brown would have had the night he had. It just, just this was a wild game, you know. Uh, Bill shooting the way he did, even with him botching the layup uh, going in the half. Oh my God, we didn't even talk. So about it, was, it was just a real, it was a wacky game, man. Bro, this, that, <laughs> no, that play is gonna look terrible for the Celtics on film, dude. I was I was trying to I was trying to like save Wayne from having to talk about oh, the bro, the session, halftime nah, thing. Like said, I'm, I'm like your boy email, man. We go we go keep it real. We I, yeah, you got it. That's one of those moments they they were laughing because like how did that happen? But I said hopefully those. You just laugh at yourself like, and you're like, I was scared. That yeah, was, man. I was gonna come back to bite us. Yeah. Yeah, and then after those uh, that call on Horford, like the literally, I think it was like the next player to play after was that out of bounds call where they called it on Jalen Brown when he was uh, he wasn't out of bounds after the replay. But once again, he may used up that challenge, man, and it's just frustrating at times to, to see that. But I think the team really got defeated after a couple of those bad calls down the stretch, and ultimately let it be the deciding factor with how they they had their effort. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had, was pretty big down the stretch as well, and then. You know, Horford had a couple putbacks that brought us within. We had some momentum there, and ultimately the Wizards shut the door on us and said, like, no, this ain't happening. I think it was Dinwiddie, right? They hit that big-time three and ultimately put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I just I didn't want to say, I wonder if Horford was on a minutes restriction. I mean, because he was on the bench for a long time in that fourth quarter, and we actually went down about nine. Actually, exactly nine after those few buckets by uh, your boy Aaron Holiday when, you know, he scored uh, those two floaters. Um, I believe he hit, he hit another one as well. Um, so we were down by nine. 
Horford came back in, instantly made some plays that brought us back in the game. Um, so I'm wondering if Horford was on any minutes restriction uh, because I was waiting. I had waiting. We need Horford. We need Horford to come back in. And then I have finally Horford coming back in. Uh, and then, you know, Tatum missed Patrick. Like you said, he missed the third free throw in, in that fourth quarter. So he went one of four uh, from free throws in fourth quarter. That's not something I'm going to, like, freak out about, obviously, because I trust Tatum. He was four of eight tonight. He missed yeah. four. Yeah, that was not like I was say he he doesn't he he doesn't do that usually. So it was just again, you just got to chalk this up. It's just one of those games, Patrick. One hundred percent agree. And listen, I already know the Celtics fans are going to get super negative and down on Ime, on Tatum, blah blah blah, this that. You know, just don't get too high, don't get too low. Just like you know, Patrick and I, it was a great win uh, against Charlotte the other night. We didn't act like every single problem was cured. And just because we lost this close game tonight, I'm not going to act like, you know, every single good thing is by the wayside. So I just want to once again remind fans, you just got to relax. It's the fifth game of the season, beginning of the year. You know, you got to give your team, especially with a brand new head coach and brand new players, uh, you know, you got to uh, at least give us, uh, give them some time to at least gel and get there again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the biggest thing that I've always said, and this is something that I, I make it clear to people, is like, Ime is for is his new job, right? It's a new job. It's his fifth day as a head coach. Fifth, fifth game. Fifth game. How many times have you been at a new job? Your fifth day. Do you know everything? No. Are you still making mistakes? Yeah. Let Ime learn his mistakes. It is. This is the moment and part of the season to make those mistakes. Earlier in the season, you can learn from them, move on from them, and get better. So we're we're process over results right now. You know, we want to see this team progressively get better as the season goes. And like me and Lucas have said, Lucas wants that 10-game sample size. I'm more of the 15-game sample size. But we're right there in that same ballpark, man. We're like, let's be patient with this team. This team added a lot of different additions in the offseason. They have a new coaching staff. They have a new head coach. There's going to be a learning curve, man. Like nobody goes into a new job and just is like, hey, I'm going to pick this up and just be perfect. No. I mean, you've seen all the even great teams with great players. You know, when Miami Heat had their big three form down there, they struggled their first year. Like it, it happens, man. It happens. So I'm not going to be too, too down on this team. Um, I thought the Celtics, you know, the effort and everything was not great, and I know may made some comments about that. Did you guys have any other game notes you guys want to go over before we get in some quotes from may himself? I do just want to say I want to bring some credence to Wayne's point. It was just a weird basketball game. You know, a lot of things out of the ordinary happening. You know, I think it was, you know, an interesting game. But like you said, Wayne, you know, it was just kind of weird. Different players stepping up. You didn't expect them to a la uh, Aaron Holiday and a lot of players like Jalen and, and Beal who really didn't. You know, show up who we usually count on, Tatum missing those free throws. So, yeah, this is just – I agree, Wayne. You know, I'm just going to chop it up to being, quote, one of those games. Yeah, and it's early. Uh, he's a brand-new coach. And to because I don't – when Patrick brought up the heat point, I just want to touch on that real quick. They started 9-8, and eight, and I, I'll never forget that. So, it uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, even with the Wizards. We 3-1 and one right now, but there's still 70-plus games to go. So, you don't get too high, you don't get too low. Um, and that's for both sides. You know, this is a long season, and hopefully, you know, both teams look at the film and correct, you know, the mistakes and uh, get back to it in the next game. But I think this is just sincerely one of those games. You just got to chuck. It was like, just, just was a wacky game, man. Yeah, and then the Celtics ended up. So now we're zero and two at home. We dropped both games at home. Celtics are two and three on the season now, with four of their next five games coming on the road. 
So they're up for a pretty tough stretch. I know you touched on it earlier as well, uh, Lucas, about Peyton Pritchard not playing. Fun fact about that is this is the first healthy DMP of Peyton Pritchard's Celtics career. First time ever. So Ime broke the streak of Peyton Pritchard at least playing in one minute when he's healthy and available. So that was kind of crazy. Um, Ime did have some things to say after the game. Um, he said, our intensity, our focus wasn't there from the start. Uh, totally agree with that after looking at the game. Ime also wasn't happy with the team's focus around shoot-around. It carried over into tonight's game. It, he said, it's hard to explain earlier in the season. I told them they were getting their asses kicked tonight if they played that way. Clearly that uh, Ime saw things pregame that ended up kind of seeping into the game as well. So he kind of already saw it coming. He, you know, Ime was like, you guys aren't going to, you know, take take the shoot-around seriously and focus and lock in. Then this is what's going to happen. Yeah, well, that's pretty, honestly, you know, that's shined some light on the performance, I guess, if he was seeing a pregame. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Everybody who's already trashing email man or, like, saying negative things about him, I just think you need to chill out maybe to look at the bigger picture, man. Like Patrick said, who's perfect on their fifth day at a new job? Nobody, especially a job that's the difficulty level of, uh, you know, being an NBA head coach. So uh, just give this man some time. He's figuring out his rotations. He's figuring out you know, his team, his personality and everything. So just, you know, give it some time. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, there was also a, a big quote here from uh, Ime in regard early in the season. He said the contrast of some of those previous games, especially Charlotte and New York game, and the way you see him come out tonight is kind of mind-boggling. What are some of your thoughts when you when you hear that from from you Wayne and Lucas uh, when you hear Ime say that it's mind-boggling to watch Jalen Brown perform really well and then perform really Wayne? Why don't you kick us off? I mean, it it was because I think that was that was one of Coach's keys coming to the game for us was you know just do whatever we can to slow these guys down. Um. I think everything starting starts and ends with those two. Uh, it's early, so like I said, you don't. I'm not a Celtics fan, but it's like, look, don't get too high, don't get too low. But um, it's Jalen Brown, so I think he he can correct it. Um, but I was I was just shocked to see him. I think he started one for eight. I was like, man, this is this is not Jalen Brown. But um, he's a pro. Uh, he got to where he's at because he's a hard worker. He, he's a hooper. He can play so. I don't expect for him to, you know, stay in this slump. I definitely think he will correct it and uh, rise to his coach's challenge of him, you know, just being more consistent for you guys. But it's four games, though. It's four games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, like Wayne's saying, you know, Jalen has shown his ability to improve year after year after year. Um, and I just think, you know, it's hard. You know, he had that amazing game against the Knicks to open the season. Um, you know, he was never going to repeat that performance. You know what I mean? He shot unbelievably efficient, scored almost 50 points. Um, you know, so we had to expect definitely some regression. Um, but it is a little mind-boggling to see him go so back and forth. I will say I just think Jalen needs to get his shots uh, – get some easier shots, man. You know, I know he's capable of making, taking and making tough shots – but, you know, I think he made his life a little harder than he even needed to tonight, honestly, a couple times. 
Uh, you know, like for example, towards the end of the game, he just went straight through Kuzma, you know, to get a layup. I would have liked to see that a few more times. Jalen's a bit stronger than Kuzma. I think he can really, you know, kind of body him inside. So I wish he had done that instead of taking some fadeaways. But man, I expect Jalen to absolutely be fine, man. I'm I'm not worried about Jalen Long. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think Jalen Brown almost did himself a like I, I don't want him to be like, don't go have a great game, game one, but it almost like put like this unfair expectations as far as the next few games because it's so fresh in everybody's minds. Like Dang, Jalen Brown looked like he was one of the best players. Like he looked like a top ten guy game one. And in reality, we know that Jalen Brown is more of like a top twenty five guy in the league. And him going back down to earth a little bit and having these bad games is something that is going to be a part of of the season. Like that's how it is. So I think Jalen Brown is going to be fine moving forward. And also, I think he may calling him out like that publicly is is fun right that's what the team asked for in the offseason they wanted somebody to hold them accountable and Ime is holding them accountable some people may not like the way he he said that in the media but at the same time like we that's a different thing than what brad did we're not used to it maybe that's why everybody's scared of like you can't criticize a star no you need to criticize your star you need to hold them accountable at the end of the day you know and i think Jalen brown is is gonna take that i think they're gonna go into film i think he's gonna take even more serious they're they're gonna lock in and focus in and they're gonna get ready for the wizards uh game two on saturday you know that's what they gotta do yeah, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I think for Wayne, that uh, Ime saying that might have woken up Jalen for our Saturday game against the Wizards. And, you know, to be fair to the Wizards, they do have to play a very good Atlanta Hawks team in between now and Saturday, whereas, you know, the Celtics have days off until Saturday. So, you know, I know you guys have a game in between then, but Wayne, are you worried about a Jalen Brown bounce-back performance? Uh, I mean, yeah, because like I just said, man, he – you, you, to get to where he's at, you know, he has to be a hell of a player. And he's constantly approved. Um, I expect him to have a bounce-back game, uh, maybe 25-plus, you know. And that will be a good test for us. You know, we have an Atlanta team, and then we have you come. Uh, so I definitely expect for you all to, you know, hit us, punch us back in the mouth um, and get us back on our home floor. So I'm, I'm expecting for a good game. Yeah, I also am not expecting Bradley Beal to be, you know, having the shooting woes that he had tonight. But I'm also expecting Jason Tatum to be better too. So it's going to be a a bloodbath of a of a rematch on Saturday. I think the Celtics are going to come out with a lot more urgency. They're going to feel they're embarrassed, you know. And when a team gets embarrassed, you either respond really well or you fold. And it's going to tell us a lot about how they're going to respond to this criticism from Ime by seeing how they come out with their energy and effort, how focused they are for this Saturday game. They got time to get some practice in. They got time to get some film study in, see what happened. And they're going to be playing another a, a team that they just played. So that's going to be the first time that they played a team twice this season, which allows them to make the proper adjustments and really attack the things that they weren't able to attack in that first game. And I think that the Celtics should, should really – be poised to come out on Saturday. And if not, man, if you lose two two games like that, it's going to be... Yeah, I think that's a great point, Patrick. We'll be able to see how uh, Ime makes his coaching adjustments. You know, like you said, playing uh, a team for the second time for the first time this season. So I'm interested to see the adjustments. 
Um, and also, Wayne, I just have a question. This isn't really related to the game, but do you have any idea what Rui's timetable is for a return? Uh, we don't. You know, Coach just says, um, you know, just going to take it slow. And uh, when he's ready, he's working out with, you know, some staff right now. Word. But we, we don't have a timetable. But um, I can tell you, I, I'm looking forward to getting him back because that's just another piece and adds another dimension um, to our team. Yeah, he's one of those players I think that, you know, the average casual NBA fan uh, does not realize how good Ruby really was playing last year. Um, he's a terrific player, man. I, I really, you know, I, I'm not obviously I didn't watch as much Wizards as you, Wayne. I'm obviously not tuned into every game, but I definitely caught enough to know that uh, Ruby's for real, man. And I think that was a great draft pick. I really enjoyed it. I mean, just he, he's already played with the national team, so that's a great experience. Uh, was successful at Gonzaga, and I just love that uh, Russ said, you know, he 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 can he's a guy that can play one through five. So that's why I'm so excited uh, for when he does come back. That's just another dimension, not just on the offensive side, but the defensive side as well. Another body, um, he can do multiple things really well. So I'm I'm ex- I'm excited for this Wizards team, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, and. Uh... And Wayne did say uh, you, you said you were going to be able to join us possibly for Saturday after Saturday's game as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to get Wayne back here on the show, man. So make sure you guys go and follow him on Twitter. Make sure you guys go show him some love. He's been a wonderful guest here today. Um, we, uh, had a great time with him. Should we beam up Ben? Should we beam up our boy Ben? Yeah, I think he might. Have- yeah. Do we have Do we have anybody in the in yeah. the crowd that wants to request and ask questions here, Lucas? I might have to give you a host because my green room is acting funky all right yeah i know ben was you know maybe had a question here so let me air let me airplane mode did it give you hosts no it did not well this is a perfect time to say that we are brought to you by manscaped uh you know head on over to manscaped.com use our promo code whoball20 for 20 percent off your entire order man they have great products and you know that extra 20 percent definitely help you save some money uh, so make sure you go on ahead and do that. Patrick, are you back yet? Back. I, I heard the the manscape, you know, <laughs> got to do hoop all 20 for that 20% off, man. A, a lot of us, you know, me, me and Lucas got facial hair. So, you know, we got to make sure that we use that, that manscape product there for us and uh, make sure you guys get your discount when you go onto the website. Um, but yeah, man, if you have any questions from the crowd, uh, you guys can come up, request up, and you guys can ask your questions uh, to any any one of us. Uh, Wayne, if, if he's willing to answer some questions as well, uh, if you have any other questions. Yeah, if you got Wizards questions, man, there's nobody more plugged than this guy right here. So, what up, Ben? What's up, Ben? What's up, guys? Uh, great points and all that you said. I uh, I missed the I missed most of the game. Uh, I missed the second, third quarter. Um, Tune in in the beginning and tune in at the end a little bit. I uh, just had some stuff I had to do, but um, yeah. My question is actually I don't know if you guys touched on this, but you know I hate to say it because I I I feel like Smart I've I've noticed that he's intentionally I feel like playing more of like a a playmaking point guard role, trying to fit in that role. But his shooting is like I don't know if he's shooting. I don't know if anyone in the league is shooting worse than him right now. Like anyone, like given his volume. It's not like he's shooting a lot, but when he shoots, he's just not making it. Do we need to start Schroeder if he keeps shooting this badly? Like, and then like if he shoots this poorly again the next two games, do we need to start Schroeder? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, 
Well, we definitely touched on it earlier in the show, uh, but we we did say that the way Schroeder has been playing, the way that Smart's been playing, Schroeder is making a, a case to be the starting point guard, and it's getting stronger and stronger as the games go. We are only five games in, so we can't say that yet, but but it's definitely That's something that like is is becoming a consideration, right? Because Marcus Smart has played that six-man role before, and he's been very successful in that six-man role. So I don't think it would be even like a big dis, you know, respect to Marcus Smart if he got bumped to the six-man. And also, uh, I'm a big advocate of no, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter exactly. really who starts the games, it's who finishes the games. And I think Marcus Smart finishes the games no matter what because he makes winning plays at the end of the day, and that's just a guy you would just live with regardless of the results of how he performs in those late-game moments. Yeah, I mean, and you know, preseason, I kind of thought that Schroeder would be best fitted to come off the bench, Ben, and to have Smart be our starter. But I'm with you. I think Smart is trying so hard to be a point guard that he's taking away things that make him valuable on the offensive end to some degree. Um, And as far as, you know, his shooting splits, man, he is shooting 26% from the field and 24% from three. So there can't be that many people shooting worse than him, like you're saying, on the volume. So I wouldn't hate, you know, Marcus off the bench at this point, but I do think, like Patrick's saying, we'll give it a few more games, see what's happening. But Schroeder is definitely making a case, man, that he deserves to be a, sure. a starter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then what do you all think about Horford? So, like, someone also said, my buddy, one of my Celtics fan buddies, he said uh, he's, he's like maybe even they, they put Schroeder in and then put Smart to the two. I don't love that only because I, I kind of like having Jalen and Tatum at like their more natural positions and Rob and Horford are playing so well. Like they're both just playing so well. I don't think they've been like a problem. It's not like double bigs last year. What do y'all think about it? Do you think we should stick with Brown and Tatum at two and three for sure? Uh, I don't know. What do y'all, what do y'all? I'll let Lucas start on that. I mean, that's a tough one because I mean, I do like this double big lineup way more than I like last year. I think Rob and Al have pretty good chemistry. I think Rob is mobile enough to, you know, defend guys, you know, one through four, especially obviously, you know, the ones in spurts. Um, obviously I don't want Rob guarding a one for, you know, 20 seconds, but you know, I think he can, you know, check, check point guards obviously better than Horford can. And I think Horford's three point threat kind of, you know, opens up the floor to where having two bigs doesn't really matter. Um, so I don't, I don't hate that at all. It just, you know, Ben, I'm not jealous of, uh, I'm not jealous of Ime having to make that decision. You know what I mean? Like coming down the stretch, if Schroeder's playing as well as he is, you know, it's hard to put him on the bench. But, I mean, Ben, you know me. It's almost impossible for me to close the game without Marcus Smart on the lineup. Uh, so, I don't know, man. That's honestly a good question, man. I, I, I'm not really sure what they do going forward, but but I would no, expect I to see more yeah. of that double bigs closing. I think it's I think it's a great question. But um, I honestly think that the Celtics are, are best with Horford and Williams on the court. I don't necessarily think that the spacing either is great if Smart and Schroeder I, I think are I on agree. the court. Yeah. I know Schroeder had a good shooting night, but I mean that's you can't bank on those all the time with him. Yeah. So I'm I'm also just more of like one of them has to come off the bench because somebody one of them has to be the playmaker for that second unit, right? Like somebody has to be the playmaker. And Schroeder's been a great playmaker. He played thirty four more thirty four minutes tonight. Marcus Smart played thirty six. Um, I think a lot of the minutes were because Al Horford uh, was limited. He only played 26 minutes. We also did touch on Robert Williams. Robert Williams has been great. 
Robert he Williams has terrific. probably been the most consistent yeah, and the best minutes, player too. on the Celtics if you were to analyze game one to game five all completely, right? So tonight he was amazing. He had 13 points. He had 11 rebounds. He had four block shots. He's also leading the league in block shots right now. I believe he entered the, this game with 12, so that puts him at 16 on the season. Or tonight, five believe. games. Oh, man. But Robert oh, Williams. Yeah. It's like we got to hold up that. But, like, he, sorry, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Oh, go ahead. Reaping the benefits. He no, might have one of the I, best contracts in, uh, in the league. Oh, for sure. 100%. And I was going to say, like, I don't want to jinx him. I'm a, I'm a knock on wood. But, like, we heard it. The, the, the health. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the health. Like, it's so great to see so far that, like, him saying, like, yeah, I'm feeling really healthy, like, for the first time in a while this offseason. He's, like, legitimately playing. Like, Udoka's trusting him to play fucking 30 to 40 minutes, like, on most nights, and he's fine. Like, he's he's not even been questionable once. Like, he's been great. Like, his health is – I don't want to – you know, I don't want to, like, jinx him. Like, I, I know we're really early on. But, like, usually you already have a problem with him, even if he hasn't hit the floor. He's already got something going on. Uh, it's really, yeah, he's I hope been, he's been great, man. But, yeah, I hope yeah. it sticks. No, I would just say, kind of shame on us. Yeah, shame on us for not, Patrick and I, for not bringing up Rob Williams until we were damn near an hour into the show, man. Because he had a great game. I yeah. just think, honestly, I think it's just that he's been so consistent. Like, I'm already kind of being like, oh, yep, Rob played another good game. He hit the boards. He blocked some shots. He caught some alley-oops. I'm like, dang, man, I got to appreciate that a little bit more, man. Like you're saying, Ben. He just plays his role perfectly, right? He's, he's a double-double with, with blocks. Like, he's getting you at least two blocks a game. He's going to get you at least 10 rebounds and at least 10 points. Yeah. And I, mean, I kind of got to eat yeah. my words, dog. I kind of thought he was a – I never knew if he was going to be a 35-minute player, dog, but he is making that thing look stupid as hell. I never thought he would. Hey, let's not count our, our, our oranges yet, though, because, I mean, you know, he, he only played 30 minutes tonight, but he still was effective in those 30 minutes. Those 30 minutes are – are good minutes from Robert Williams. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. I, I remember last year we were, I mean, I'm sure I've talked about it with you guys last year. Like I was looking at it like he's never going to be a guy who can play that many minutes in consecutive games. I, I, I looked at it like that Nets game, game one. I'm like, the reason he was so effective is because he played little minutes, but we're seeing that's not the case. And he's, you know what I mean? Like he, it seemed like he's a guy who won't be able to sustain. And I don't like I said, I don't want to jinx him, but it looks like he, it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to sustain heavy minutes and like, multiple games in a row, but right now, man, it's the Celtics medical staff isn't, isn't screwing up right now with him for once. So hopefully he can, uh, he can, you know, let's hope that, let's hope that stays the course, but I think uh, that pretty much does it, does it for us tonight. Wayne, bro. Thank you so much, bro. Once again, congratulations on your credentials, bro. I love to see, love to see that, bro. Someone I know just absolutely killing it. I can't say I'm surprised though, Wayne, this is, Got to admit, dude, kind of expected this from you, man. But, you know, nonetheless, I'm really happy for you, dog. Uh, we'll be – all three of us will be back here Saturday night. Um, after that – Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, Wayne, they, they they waited too long to let you win, man, but they couldn't keep that door shut for long. That's all I'm saying, man. You got the wizard man, beat reporter for the U.S. For press, Wayne Cole, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, man, for real. All right, that wraps it up from us. All right, everybody have a good night. Yeah. Yep, thank you guys. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.